Hey guys, and welcome to the Abundance Alchemist podcast. I'm Caitlin Dorsey, an Abundance Alchemist, animal lover, trauma survivor to thriver, mindset expert, self-love junkie, and author. This is the place to be to grab those powerful tools, ideas, and inspiration to make lasting changes in yourself and your life. No more waiting, my friends, because it's time to show up unapologetically, radiate that confidence, and create a life you absolutely love. Time to buckle up and dive on in. Hello, my high-fiving friends. I'm so excited you're here and as always, so excited to introduce our guest today. Um, We are going to be talking with Dr. Lynn Anderson. So Dr. Lynn is a naturopath, yoga therapist, fitness professional, karma master, published author, international speaker, and video producer with over 30 years of experience in the field of natural health and fitness. She has been featured in Redbook, Reader's Digest, Huffington Post, Shape, Self, and various other national publications, TV networks, and podcasts. She's the author and producer of the Soul Waking series, How to Master Karma, How to Master Prosperity, and How to Master Vitality. Dr. Lynn's proactive aging workouts, burnout, it happens to all of us, sex matters, and other health and fitness courses. So welcome, Dr. Lynn. Well, thank you very much. Wonderful to be here. Yeah, your um, bio is very impressive. I (laughs) would love to kind of just start um, by having you share like how you got into the work that you're doing today. Well, okay, I'll start with that. But remember, I've got I've been at, at it for like thir- almost forty years. True. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so the bio gets along after yeah, forty absolutely. years, <laughs> right? Well, you know, I was um, I was a young single mother on welfare, trying to put myself through college. Uh, back in my, I went out of college, went back to college as an, what they call a non-traditional student, which means single mother on welfare, you mm-hmm. know, working my way through. And um, I'm kind of a type A personality and I wanted, you know, a 4.0 and, you know, do it, the kids good and all this stuff, you know. Anyway, long story short, I graduated with a 3.8. That wasn't too bad. Nice. <laughs> but uh, uh, I developed severe stress as a result of it and um, some digestive issues. And I had just a total complete burnout and collapse at the end. You know, I made it to the finish line and just collapsed. And it was at that point that I did a reassessment and I thought to myself, you know, I I really, I've got to support these two kids. I've got to get back on my feet. I need a job. I need to do all these things. So I started to think about, you know, health and fitness because I had been exposed to it in college. I had taken a few courses and it had to interest me. So I thought, well, you know, that's the avenue to go. And so I, um, that's what really got me started on the avenue of, you know, exercising, teaching exercise, getting involved in nutrition, and then continuing on with my education um, to become a naturopathic doctor and a yoga therapist. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I always love stories that, you know, are really starting where people feel really defeated. And then you can see that they, you know, make a decision and make that choice and excel in kind of a beautiful aspect, which is very much what your story shows. So thank you for sharing that. Well, so I know that um, we kind of touched briefly on the idea of you being a karma master. (laughs) And I love that idea. And I want to talk kind of more about that and talk about um, you know, karma. I feel like karma is so feared by so many people. Um, So let's start out of like, what is karma? Okay. Well, karma is, the best way to describe it is it's not about good and bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> but what it's not. Mm-hmm. Karma is simply cause and effect. When you bring in good and bad, and you hear people all the time say, oh, good karma, bad karma, you're bringing in judgment. Mm-hmm. And karma is not about judgment. 
The laws of karma simply state that for every effect in the world, there is a cause. There is no good. There is no bad. You just have to look at the cause. Look at the effect. And if you don't like the effect, look back at the cause. Mm-hmm. Change the cause. That's really, it, it, that's, that's the nut of what karma is all about. Yeah, that's powerful. I think, you know, we hear a lot about this idea of karma of like, oh, karma will come get them, or I'm afraid of this karma. So I appreciate that you point out, you know, that it's not about that good and bad. It is very much about the cause and effect. And also that we have this opportunity to change the karma. Like Mm -hmm. you said, to go back and look at this cause that we're moving through and creating, and then again, has that effect. Well, according to karma, Every one of us, you know, we uh, karma believes in reincarnation. So mm-hmm. you you are have past lives, and we go to this place called the holdover place, and we sit there and we reflect because there's very few of us that will evolve in in any of our single lifetimes to a place where we don't have to come back and do some work because mm-hmm. karma is about work. Mm-hmm. So you go up there and it you remove the human element. If you remove the human element, you don't have emotions and feelings. You just have purity. And that purity is a reflection back on, wow, what was my life like? And what did I do? And what do I need to come back and work on? And then the soul chooses the best place, the best body, the best parents, the soul chooses all of this and the best opportunity to work out your karma. Mm-hmm. So we come back. And that's why I say to, to many people, you know, love your body. You chose that body. That body is just this wonderful little vehicle that you chose, and it gives you such a great opportunity to work through your karma. But we choose to come back, and as soon as we come back, we become humans, and you get human feelings and emotions, and you have to deal with all of that. And that's the work of karma. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I think that's, um, I've heard, you know, kind of that idea a lot of coming in and choosing. And I think that that can be a tough pill for some people to swallow is that we chose to come in and deal with the, um, you know, trials and tribulations that we have, but it's also such a beautiful thing to know that, you know, you are moving through that so that, you know, in a possible next life, you won't deal with that as well as, you know, it's not just the next life. It's if you deal with it early on in your earlier on in your life, then you may not be repeating that pattern later on, which is also kind of gives us hope. Cause I think too, sometimes like it can be tough to look at, Oh, well, my next life will be better because it's kind of, again, uh, the human mind is like, well, how does that really work? Right. Cause that's more kind of on that soul level of understanding. And that's correct. And, you know, you you have opportunities to correct those things when you're here. Mm-hmm. It's about conscious awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're um, a person who is triggered by anger, and anger happens to be one of the four great passions of yoga. Yoga has four great passions, mm-hmm. and every passion comes from those four great passions. But if you're a person that's triggered by anger, you know, and you and you say, oh, that person makes me angry, or that makes me angry, that doesn't make you angry. You are taking on that emotion of anger. And when you take that on, it takes over your being and it controls your being. And it's you that become an angry person. I'm angry at something someone did to me. I'm the angry person. That person is gone. You know, Mm -hmm. it disappears. So you have to understand, ah, that's anger rising up in me. Now, do I want to carry this around? Mm -hmm. No. 
so you remove it. But most people, it's very hard to be aware of that and understand that it's simply cause and effect. Something caused the effect of anger. You can remove it. You can control it. And that's how you work your karma through. Every time anger comes up, you feel it, take a breath, remove it, move on. Mm-hmm. And you become a happy, peaceful person. That's, right. you know, And that's what we would call good karma, you know, right. putting quotes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are the um, other three of the passions for yoga? I've just never heard that before. <clears throat> um, the four great passions are deceit, greed, anger, and pride. And mm. all of us carry all four of those. But one, one of those is more predominant in your life. And in my book, How to Master Karma, I have, you can go through and it, um, there's, it's not your astrological sign, but you do it by your birthday. Mm-hmm. And it will give you a general idea of which one of those four great passions is your biggest passion to overcome. Because mm. we all have one that is more predominant in our life. And when you start to address that one, you deplete the other ones as well. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. I like that. Yeah. Um, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know most people haven't. And and sometimes they're surprised because, you know, when we think of like deceit, mm-hmm. for example, you think of, oh, you know what, uh, lying and, and, and you think of that, you know. But, you know, I had one client and hers was deceit. And when we did an analysis, you know, she was one of these people that was a people pleaser. Mm. But she had resentment. It was building inside of her and she was deceiving herself. Mm -hmm. And she realized that she was deceiving herself, that deceit is something that you can do to yourself. It's not just necessarily me lying to you or telling you a a story, Mm -hmm. but we deceive ourselves all the time. Mm -hmm. We put ourselves down. That's Mm -hmm. a form of deceit. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to really understand those passions and what they mean mm-hmm. and not take them on the literal sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So when we're talking about, <clears throat> we'll go back to karma. Um, when we're talking about karma, why is it so important when it comes to like our health, happiness, wealth, and peace? Ha- why is karma so important? Mm-hmm. Because karma is the work we are here to do and you cannot do your work if you're unhealthy, Mm. if you're not eating properly, and you're not exercising, and your body and your mind are in havoc, you can't do the work of karma. It's impossible. Mm. We need to have a strong body and a clear mind in order to facilitate the soul, because that's the soul's journey is about Mm -hmm. karma. Your body is not about karma. Your mind's not about karma. They are vehicles. I call it the the vehicle and the GPS of your soul. Mm. And that's what your body mind is. And we need them to be able to facilitate this. And karma says that, you know, the best thing is to live a very vital and long life, Mm. because that gives you the opportunity to work through so many things and to develop wisdom. So Mm. it's essential, your health and fitness. Absolutely. That makes sense. Because I was curious how you kind of put them all together. I mean, I think, um, you know, my background is in mental health and addiction counseling. So, but I take a very holistic approach to that, right? Like we can't focus on one piece of ourselves and fix that one piece and then expect everything else to work out well. So I um, love that you kind of have brought this into, you know, working with karma and working with herbs and, um, you know, naturopathic medicine and the fitness aspect of it, because it really does 
help, you know, like you said, the body, and then also addressing that you're working with the energetic piece of things and the mind. Um, because like you said, that we can't negate our bodies and our minds and the patterns and thinking, because like you said, karma is our soul's work to do. It's not necessarily the human body experience, but we still are here in that human body experience. So we have to figure out how to navigate that. <laughs> that's, that's so true. And a naturopath, our philosophy is if you want to have perfect balance, perfect health, you have to address body, mind, and soul. You can't address one without the other, because if we just work on the mind and we don't pay any attention to the diet, as you as you know, if you get into nutrition and things, I mean, there are many, many things that have to do with your diet, which affect your moods. Mm -hmm. So you have an exercise affects your moods, your what you do with your body, what you do with your mind affects your body, if your mind is all scrambled and depressed, and then you're not eating properly. So it, it we have to balance all three out and focus on all three. And oftentimes, you know, um, and where I feel that sometimes medicine lets down mm -hmm. is that medicine is so quickly mm -hmm. to write out a prescription and say, okay, here's a chemical to put in your body, which will do, which chemicals are, you know, they, they, they don't support the health of your body. Mm -hmm. We may need to use different medicines at times, antibiotics uh, and things like that. You know, it, there is a necessity for that, but we do it too quickly. Mm -hmm. And even when we do do mm -hmm. it, we don't say, well, okay, here's an antidepressant, let's say, mm -hmm. for you to take. But I also, Mr. Doctor, this is what I want. I want you to follow a nutrition program and an exercise program and a meditation program and try to bring all of those together because just that prescription alone won't won't solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I actually um, <clears throat> was doing some work on the major depressive disorder, that diagnosis, um, this week actually. Um, and it was really interesting because some of the, um, things I was working on it in my, in one of my classes about diagnoses is that exactly that of, we are getting to this point where, you know, people do want this magic pill to, you know, cure all these things. And it was really interesting that even the the knowledge behind the traditional counseling is still that you can't have a magic pill and that you have to implement these other aspects of your life like you're talking about, but it gets so lost in the translation, like you said, if we're so quick to write, well, here's an antidepressant, but then, you know, the the reality is too that the antidepressant can work on... Um, you know, we all see those commercials where it's like, oh, you have this antidepressant, but it could increase suicidal ideations and it could do this and it could do this in your body. And it's because it's looking at, it's only working in that one aspect. And I always like the part that always really makes sense to me, especially when looking at depression or an antidepressant that shows that it's a truly like whole body experience is the range of symptoms, first of all, but also the idea that, you know, we think of, okay, depression is in my mind. And we think about how it interacts in the brain, but the truth is that how much of the serotonin that we have in our body, like 99% or 90% or something is in our gut. So if yeah. we're not having that health and eating a nutritious diet, do you think that the serotonin is working properly in your gut? So it's kind of an interesting, um, I know I kind of went on a little tangent there, but true. Yeah. 
Well, you know that, you know, the, the, there's chemicals and hormones and things going on inside. I mean, that's what it is. There's a chemical process going on inside there. And we need to feed that properly. Mm-hmm. And when you have depression and things like that, there's an, there's an imbalance mm-hmm. in the chemistry in your body. So, it, you know, it's biochemistry. Mm-hmm. And so you want to bring that back into balance. Well, diet and nutrition can bring that back into balance. You know, a prescription, yes, that can bring it back real fast. And sometimes that's necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, the person really needs that. And, and I, I certainly advocate that. Mm-hmm. Never would say not to do that. Mm-hmm. But the problem is once you do it chemically, then let's try to do it organically and mm-hmm. do what because the body operates on organic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't survive on inorganic material. Mm-hmm. It yeah. dies mm-hmm. if you, you know, if you keep feeding it and you don't give it enough organic materials. So it's important to work even deeper with an individual rather than just giving people a piece of paper and a prescription and okay, you're fixed. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. And I think too, something so big on that too is, you know, we're saying that we're so quick to write a prescription and we're not giving, you know, like a follow-up care plan. But the other piece of this too, is we're not explaining that. Yes. Like you said, medicine can absolutely have its place. It absolutely, like you said, I would never discourage someone from taking antidepressants Mm-mm. if that's what your doctor is recommending. Um, however, we look at it as a long-term cure and then we don't pay attention. Like you're saying that your body is dying. It also builds up tolerance. So it's not a long-term cure. You're going to need more and more. And then, you know, you're putting more and more chemicals into your body without giving yourself that chance to say, um, okay, no, I'm going to get my continuing care plan of exercising, you know, three to five days a week or paying attention to my diet. Instead, you're still continuing the patterns, which we're kind of talking about, These are a little bit more like the human existence patterns, but you're still continuing those patterns that are causing that depression in the first place. And like Dr. Lynn was talking about going back to that cause and effect, if the effect is depression and you're not looking at what's causing it, but rather masking it with a pill, (laughs) you're not changing anything. You're not in that place where you, again, she's like, she said, if you're not in a healthy place with your body and your mind, you can't work through that karma. So you're not doing the work if you're just doing, taking a pill and doing, you know, just that it's like we said, it has its place, but there's also, you have to look at that. You are a holistic being, you are a being that's functioning on multiple different levels, more than just the physical aspect of masking the symptoms. That's unfortunately what not even just antidepressants, but a lot of other medications do is they mask the symptoms or they alleviate part of the symptoms, but how many we, like, we're just saying those side effects, how many cause other symptoms for us to deal with? Right. That's true. And karma is repeat, repeat, repeat. Mm -hmm. That's the work of karma. So, you know, you see these patterns and these things that keep repeating in your life. Well, you want to stop them. Mm -hmm. So you got to go back to the cause, you know, always go back to the cause. If you don't like the effect, go back to the cause. If you like the effect, keep doing the cause, keep doing Mm -hmm. it, (laughs) keep doing it, you know, but it, but it's really very simple and it removes judgment. And that's one of the things that um, as humans, you know, that we live in this world we live in, everyone's quick to judge, Absolutely. you know, and you have to remove that because if someone is, is, is dealing with depression or some severe mental issues, there's, you have to look at the underlying cause behind mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Their person is not a bad person. 
No. You know, it's just like I, I tell people if they are having a hard time with a job and the job, they can't find a job or they get fired or they, you know, whatever happens. It wasn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. See, there's nothing wrong with you. It wasn't a good fit. Mm -hmm. Move on and find something that fits. Because when you find what fits in this world, it works. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I love that. I think, um, you know, I had this very real kind of conversation, um, the other day that, that really fits with it. And, you know, I was talking to, um, my mom and, um, I'm pregnant. So I was looking at, um, <laughs> Congrats. thank you. Um, so we were talking just about, you know, like raising a child and, um, all these different things. And my parents are divorced and have been for many years. And my dad is remarried. Um, and we were kind of talking about this idea where we're constantly told like divorce is bad. Divorce is bad. Um, but we are looking at this idea that divorce is not necessarily bad because I wouldn't have my stepmom in my life, right? I wouldn't have, they have, um, I have a, two half siblings and I wouldn't have them in my life. And so we are looking at this idea of, you know, I wouldn't be who I am either because I was raised, you know, differently with my mom than I was with my dad and all these things. And so I was saying that, um, I feel like I got truly like your kids get the best of both parents and how that's kind of like how they shift and go down. Um, and I just bring that up because I think it's a beautiful way to look at something in kind of just my life that just happened of, you know, we do label these things in life with so much judgment. I look at divorce as terrible and bad and like you failed or all these different things. But the reality is that it just, they weren't a fit. They were a fit for that time. They were a fit to create me and my sister. And then they were not a fit. And then the fit, you know, went to my dad and my stepmom to bring in those other two kiddos. So, um, you know, looking at all these different places that we have judgment and kind of like evaluating your life um, is, is a great way to do that. You know, it's interesting. I just had a conversation with one of my students this mm -hmm. week and her, she's a young woman and her mother and father are splitting up right now. They're going mm -hmm. through a divorce and there's a lot of anger inside of her. Mm -hmm. She's very, very angry. And we had this discussion and I, you know, I explained to her that she was the one that was angry mm -hmm. and she was carrying this anger around and it was going to destroy her life, you know, and to let go of that because it was not her mother and father. It worked for when it worked. Mm -hmm. And then it was time for them to split. Now, maybe one wanted it more than the other, right. but you also have to sit down and, you know, it, this is a person's life. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it this way, if you're not happy in a relationship, are you going to make that other person happy? No, you're going to yeah. make them miserable. And sometimes the best thing you can do, because I'm divorced too, I had two mm -hmm. children. And I remember saying to my ex husband, I'm doing you the best favor anyone ever did you because I can't mm -hmm. give you the love you want. Mm -hmm. And someone else will. Mm -hmm. And he went on and he found someone else. And you know, and I found someone else and we're good friends and the kids, you know, but you, you you're, you're actually giving someone else their freedom, even though we mm -hmm. have to go through that pain, you know, Absolutely. we have to get through that pain, you know, but that's part of karma is, mm -hmm. you know, to be a human being, you have to experience pain, mm -hmm. you have to experience anger, you have to experience all those things, or you have no idea what beauty and pleasure, and you, you have to experience all of the range and be willing to experience all of them and see them for what they are. Mm -hmm. They're opportunities to work your karma. Mm. Simple. 
I love that. Yeah. I've said it before on the podcast so our listeners have probably heard me say this, but I always say, um, a healthy life has every single emotion in it because mm-hmm. you have to experience, like you said, those, because then you take joy for granted, or you don't even know how to experience joy because mm-hmm. you haven't experienced the anger, the pain, the deceit, like all those things that you were talking about. Um, you know, so it is really, really important. And I, and I want to say something too about, um, you know, karma, we keep saying it's kind of this pattern and the cycle that you repeat, um, to work through. And, um, I remember I was working with one of my clients a little while back and they were really frustrated because they had felt like they had worked through, um, some trauma in their life and it kept coming up. And we had this conversation and it's, you know, the very cliche conversation about how humans are like onions and you're only given what you're you know able to process through at that time. But it really is true because the other thing we have to look at is again, we're talking a lot about the karma, which is the soul's mission and our, you know, our spirit on the energetic side, but we still are humans with this range of emotion and what humans can process and how we can handle that really depends on how we were raised and how we have learned to implement coping skills and healthy things in our lives. Um, because we can't negate that fact that we, we still have this human life to live. So even though we're talking about karma and repeating this cycle, you know, pay attention to it can be frustrating when you have these patterns keep coming up, but don't get discouraged about it because it just means that it's processing and that you're doing it. You are mm-hmm. doing the work. If it's keep it coming up, mm-hmm. then you're slowly moving through that karma mm-hmm. that you're supposed to be working. Well, there are, there are karma has also blocks, mm-hmm. things that blocked. And one of the blocks in karma is blocking your feelings. Mm. And when you block feelings, you cannot work your karma. Mm-hmm. And exactly what you said, you cannot, you have no idea what joy feels like unless you felt some pain. Mm-hmm. It's like, think about, you know, when you have, um, you have a flu or a cold and you're really sick and you're really miserable. And that one day when it lifts, everyone appreciates their health and you're just so glad mm-hmm. to be healthy. And then we forget about it. We go on, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. take it for granted. Absolutely. We take it for granted. But it's it's kind of like nature's way of, of slowing you down a little bit sometimes and saying, hey, pay attention <laughs> to your good health. You know, mm-hmm. that's really, really important. Really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think this is probably not a super common belief, but um that's kind of what COVID did for all of us, right? Like, you know, we look at so much of the judgment and the negative things about COVID and I will, you know, never say, um, you know, that COVID's all good, but one <laughs> of the good things that came out of COVID is exactly what you're talking about. It caused all of us to have to stop and slow down and reevaluate things in our lives. And we're really seeing that shift. I mean, we're seeing that shift in the workforce. We're seeing that shift in people's lives of evaluating of like, Oh, family time's more important. You know, working 80 hours a week is not important because it leads to eventual burnout and all these different Mm -hmm. things where we're not taking care of ourselves. So COVID really, I feel like from what I've seen, both kind of in the counseling field, as well as kind of the holistic field is really allowing people in a almost kind of like, I want to say brutal, but very abrupt way Mm -hmm. of, Hey, you have to take care of yourself. Right. Yes. Well, you know, we live in a very 
materialistic world mm-hmm. at a very competitive world that is the nature of that's an, that's that's nature nature mm-hmm. is competitive you know yeah. i mean everybody wants to survive and the ego is there the mm-hmm. ego is really there its purpose is survival mm-hmm but it gets out of control. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it thinks it's running the show, it you know, does. and it can get totally out of control. And so you have to, you know, how to know how to reel that back in and set your priorities of what is really important in life. Because according to karma, mm-hmm. You take none of this with you. You're Mm -hmm. not going to take the dramas. You're not going to take the stress. You're not going to take the addictions. You're not going to take the house, the car. You take none of it with you. Mm -hmm. What you do take, according to karma, is the panja. And panja Mm -hmm. is the good merits you make. Mm -hmm. So every time you make a good merit, there's a little, and you take those with it. Now you take your demerits too. Mm -hmm. Those go with you too. Mm -hmm. So that's really the work of karma. You're here to do those two things. And if you end up with a beautiful, beautiful home and you were able to employ people and you would, and you did it on a, on a really humanistic way, Mm -hmm. that's fine. It's Mm -hmm. great to prosper. Prosperity is wonderful because if you look at any prosperous society, Mm -hmm. we have better education, better healthcare, you know, I mean, arts and music and all of the wonderful things that go with prosperity. Mm -hmm. So it's not prosperity and wealth. It's greed Mm -hmm. that destroys. And that's, that's the fine line there. It's okay to be wealthy. But when greed comes in, which is one of the four great passions Mm -hmm. of karma, you got trouble. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, I think we, we touched a little bit on burnout, but I want to go back to that because I think that that's something that so many of us experience and we hear a lot about it, but we don't really know what burnout is, what it looks like and how to kind of combat burnout. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I have a whole course that I did on burnout and I teach burnout and work with clients on mm-hmm. burnout. And burnout, the, the easy way to understand this is when you're stressed, it's like there's a million balls up in the air and you can keep those balls going and you're, you're telling yourself, I can keep doing this. I can just come on a little more, a little more, a little mm-hmm. more, right? When you burn out, all the balls fall on the floor. Mm-hmm. And you're depleted. There's no energy. You can't even pick the balls up. Mm -hmm. It's gone. That's the difference. And people don't understand that when that stress thing is going and when it gets to that place, you're right on the edge of burnout. Mm -hmm. And burnout is, it's a depletion of your energy. It's usually a a blanking out of yourself. It's Mm -hmm. a moving away from people. It's just a total deflation. Mm-hmm. of body, mind, and soul. And it takes a lot to come back from severe burnout. Mm-hmm. Now, I do remind my students and all of us that there's two, there's micro burnouts and there's macro burnouts. Mm-hmm. You know, the micro burnout is like, it's at the end of the day and you're like, I am really burnt out. I cannot do any more. Mm-hmm. Stop. That's micro. You're mm-hmm. heading for macro. Macro is when the balls are on the floor and you're not going to pick them up. You're on the floor with the balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's a great way to look at it. I uh, I ran this group um, a little while ago and in, in one of the, I went into a residential addiction treatment facility and ran this group. And um, 
basically it was similar to kind of what you were talking about. I blew up a bunch of balloons and I gave each of the clients a balloon and I said, just keep the balloon off the floor. And they were all able to do it very easily. And then we added two balloons and they were like, okay, it's getting a little more difficult. And then um, I added one different color balloon and I said, whatever you do, do not let that balloon hit the floor. And obviously what was happening, their other balloons were hitting the floor. And so we talked a lot about priorities and how those are the other priorities of those balloons. But when you lack that balance and you focus in on one priority and you become out of balance, such as a career or you know, a different aspect of your life, other things have to fall. And that's Mm -hmm. eventually too, what I kind of looked at as this idea of burnout is when other things that matter in your life can't take any energy because you have no energy to give. And I'm very much strong believer that if you don't, um, you were kind of talking about this with the relationships with, you know, can I give, if I'm not loving myself and I'm not happy in a relationship, can I give that to another person? Well, no, we can't give people what we don't have. You've got to mm-hmm. fill your own bucket before we can pour any into somebody else's yeah. bucket. But right, I love that idea of burnout, you know, just looking at, I think a really good warning sign before is to start noticing when you're dropping other priorities and other priorities start to shift for you. Right. And one of the things that people, you know, kind of a misconception with burnout is people focus on the workplace. They go, mm-hmm. okay, burnout, that's the workplace. But mm-hmm. burnout really has three elements to it. There is lifestyle mm-hmm. creates burnout. So let's say that you are a caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're a young mother at home and you've got two or three kids and, you know, money's tight and, you know, that can bring burnout, you know, mm-hmm. so there's lifestyle things that can happen. Also, the other aspect to burnout is personality mm-hmm. and your type A personality. Okay. <laughs> and I know what that person is like. That person has to, yeah, yeah. You, yep, you, I am too. Yep. <laughs> kindred spirits here, yep. you know, and you have to know when to pull back because that person will burn themselves out too. That could have nothing to do with the workplace, you, you know, because I, I work for myself, but I'm mm-hmm. a workaholic. I could mm-hmm. work, 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 work. And I have to know when to cut it off when, oh, Lynn, you're really tired right now. Stop. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm very good at stopping myself. You know, I've learned how to do that. Mm-hmm. So there's three elements to burnout. There's life, you know, lifestyle, there's personality, and there's also workplace. Mm -hmm. We tend to get really focused on the workplace Mm -hmm. as what's burning us out. But and we forget that there's that young mother at home. Mm -hmm. There's that older, you know, say middle-aged woman who's taking care of her elderly parents, Mm -hmm. you know, those things, those lifestyle things create burnout as well, or not having enough money, struggling with money, Mm -hmm. you know, that may, maybe you've got the easiest job in the world and you're not a type A personality, but you're struggling with Mm -hmm. all of the things just to keep your family fed and taken care of. You're going to hit burnout. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that you point that out because I think Um, We do. We very much hone in on that workplace and um, we have very different kind of work styles in any other country. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that that increases our focus on burnout in the workplace because I think we see it happen a lot more just because we don't have, you know, built in breaks. We prioritize that and kind of the money. And I don't want to I think we are intending to look at wealth, but it tends to, like you said, it's a very fine line between greed and wealth. Yeah. Um, But I do, I think that, you know, that's a lot of what I see um, 
especially working in mental health and addiction, I do see a lot of the burnout on the other side too, with, you know, the, the family and the caregivers, the caregivers is huge. I mean, we look at the industry of, you know, nurses, we look at, um, therapists, we look at this, like Mm -hmm. the turnover rate for these jobs is insane because it's the burnout. And even though it's, we're still looking at that career piece, it's kind of going into that lifestyle piece of the caregiver. Right. And so that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And again, like you said, the personality. So when you look at burnout, you have to look at all of the, you have to look at all three of those Mm -hmm. and not just zero in on one. Mm -hmm. And, and then once you understand those three, then how do you, how do you bring someone back from burnout? You know, it's, it's a long process. It it takes a commitment from the person Mm -hmm. and it takes a commitment from the people around us. You know, I mean, to, to use, you know, that phrase, I mean, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. It takes a village to come back from anything. Mm-hmm. And it begins with self-care. It begins mm-hmm. with, I'm going to start to eat healthy. I'm going to start to rest. I'm going to bring myself back. I'm going to reach out and find someone to help me, you know, get back on my feet. I'm going to take a year off from work. I'm mm-hmm. going to quit my job. You know, I'm going to, or I'm going to hire someone to come in and help me with the kids. So I get an afternoon off, whatever it is you need to do, mm-hmm. do it. Because once you lose your health, that's it. Mm -hmm. I don't care. You can be a billionaire. uh, Steve Jobs, let's take him, for example. Mm -hmm. He got cancer. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any amount of money that was going to save his life. Mm -hmm. Money doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. So, So you have to look at what is the most important thing in your life. It is your health. Without it, you're useless. Can't mm-hmm. help anybody or yourself. So that and and that's that's the real real thing people need to focus on. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, and I think too. Sometimes um, I was just thinking about kind of burnout and how I've seen it with kind of the other side where people are looking at, oh, my focus is so much on my health that I'm, you know, and this kind of goes with that type A personality of like, okay, I'm going to have a regiment where I, you know, exercise for two hours every day. And then I meditate for 45 (laughs) minutes every day. And like, you get into this kind of crazy routine and you end up burning yourself out like that. So again, when we're looking at that idea of health, part of health is that balance, right? Part of health is you know, paying attention to what feels good as well as what is actually good for, um, your body, kind of that difference between like self-care and self-indulgence. Some things are going to feel really good, might be helpful in that moment, but that long-term of what's really going to be helpful is going to be what actually goes into that self-care category. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and you do find that, I mean, I've been in the health and fitness field for almost 40 years right? and I have seen, I mean, I've seen the anorexic girls. I mean, I, and in fact, part of my practice for a while, I did eating disorders. I Mm -hmm. worked with people with eating disorders and you would see these people and, you know, I'm exercising, you know, I'm, I'm doing three classes a day and Mm -hmm. I'm eating absolutely nothing. And I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, no, no, Mm -hmm. no, no, you're doing it all wrong. You know, there has to be that even balance there because the body wants that balance, right? The body is going to tell you, I'm, you're going to run me into the ground. It's like a car. Mm -hmm. If you keep rare, if you keep the pedal down on that car, eventually it's going to burn out, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, it's, you can't just transfer you know, let's say, for example, I'm, you know, doing drugs and I'm drinking and I'm eating terrible and I'm, and then I have this real transformation and I go to the other stream mm-hmm. addicted to, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm creating the same problem. 
You know, right. I'm not addressing mm-hmm. the problem. I'm just, I'm just transferring. Right. And that's, yeah. 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 I, I love that. Cause um, I think, you know, working in addiction, that's one of the biggest things that we see is we call it, you know, it's cross addiction. And the whole yeah. thing is that, you know, people think, oh, addiction, like they're addicted to alcohol. They're addicted to cocaine. Well, it's not the actual substance. Yes, there's a biological component. There's a chemical component to it, but it's the thought pattern and the behavior that go along with it. Exactly. It's like I said to someone the other day, I said, alcohol in and of itself, it, it's 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 just grapes, yep. right? Yep. It's alcohol. It's a drink of alcohol doesn't make you an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. What you do with the alcohol makes you an alcoholic. That's why some person can sit down and have a glass of wine mm-hmm. and enjoy that glass of wine. And another person cannot even have a sip of wine, but they're inebriated, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it really goes back to, yes, you have to address, you have to come down and address, well, we'll go back to karma. You got to address the cause mm-hmm. of why the d- addiction, because if you don't address that, just like you said, you call it cross addiction, mm-hmm. transfer, cross addiction. It goes somewhere else, it goes somewhere else, goes somewhere else, you know, and then you never really solve the problem. Right. And I think too, um, just thinking, you know, talking about this idea of burnout and then addiction, where if you're noticing that you're having to use something or you're having to implement something else in your life to keep up the current way of your life, I think that's a really good way to look at too. Hey, I'm heading for possibly a macro burnout because, you know, we're looking at having to substitute a different substance in our body. Again, not going to an organic sense of, okay, if I can um, exercise, you know, 30 minutes a day to increase my endorphins and that can kind of help or alleviate some stress move forward. Great. That's kind of prioritizing the health aspect of it. Like we're talking about that's finding that balance, but pay attention to kind of what, what you're using, what that dialogue looks like, what kind of those behaviors and actions look like. Cause I think that'll really tell you if you're in a clear state of mind, if you are heading towards burnout. And like you said, if you're even in a place where you're working through your karma. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, nature provides everything we need. Mm-hmm. Everything that humans, we evolved in nature. We didn't evolve through big pharma. That's not how humans evolved mm-hmm. in this earth. That's right. not how the earth came on. You know, and if you, as an herbalist and studying as an herbalist and an aromatherapist, mm-hmm. if you study plants and, and, and the plant kingdom, you'll find that all the medicinal things that you need are there in nature. Mm-hmm. They're all there. They've been there for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, and they'll be there far, far beyond that. Mm-hmm. And most of our modern day pharmaceuticals came out of plants. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, people don't know that the white, uh, the, the willow bark is what aspirin came from. That's how they made aspirin. Oh, wow. So, you know, it was these old, these old chem, uh, pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical things mm-hmm. that, you know, brought us into modern day world. They just learned how to make it in a chemistry, mm. you know, in a chemical lab. Mm-hmm. And so now we're, we're, it's all chemical as opposed to back to nature. But mm-hmm. if you take yourself back to nature, most anything can be taken, can be addressed, you know, mm-hmm. diet, whatever. I love that. I think it's a really good, um, good place to kind of wrap up this conversation. Cause I think that, you know, we obviously talked about, there's a beautiful place for kind of that Western medicine. And if you're in a certain place where that is something that you need, absolutely take advantage of that. However, make sure you're balancing it with kind of, again, that idea of more, we look at it as more like Eastern medicine, but the idea of nature, right? Make sure you're in that balance because 
we do have, and if you haven't taken it away from this conversation, balance is really important because we have to look at that cause and effect, but we have to prioritize our health, like Dr. Lin was saying. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a saying in yoga, seek balance in all things Mm -hmm. and in all things, find balance. Mm -hmm. That's the key, you know? And if you have that perfect balance in the body chemistry, in the mind and in Mm -hmm. the soul, you have perfect health. That's what perfect health is. Mm-hmm. Body, mind, and soul balance. Mm-hmm. It's it's that simple. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Well, I think um, we couldn't have wrapped that up any better. I think we'll leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> but thank you so much, Dr. Lynn, for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Well, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I've totally enjoyed it. Good. And perfect to our listeners. Please um, thank you for spending time with us. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know what you thought of this conversation. Um, Let us know if you have any questions. And as always, uh, we will talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, sending you so much love.